Welcome to Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you, and enjoy today's service. Well, we appreciate you being here today. Welcome once again to Now Church. We're going to get right into it today. We began a new series last week for Easter Sunday, and I'll talk about Easter in a moment, but what a great, great Easter. Um, we're getting, beginning up, as we continue this thought, today's message is called The Shadow of the Almighty. Uh, P.L. even had the word shadow in one of his songs. And that's a little bit of what we're going to talk about today. Psalm 91, verse 1 from the Amplified says this, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall remain stable and fixed under the shadow of El Shaddai, the Almighty, whose power no foe can withstand. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God. On him I lean and rely, and in him I confidently trust. Amen. John 21 says about Jesus, the last verse in the book of John, verse 25, message says this. And there are also many other things that Jesus did, which if they were written one by one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. Amen. The original Aramaic is kind of a poem there. It's kind of poetic. It's a figure of speech. But the poetic part, if you did it, literally says the world itself would be emptied out into the books that would be written. The alternate, alternate language says this, I suppose that forever is still not enough time for all the books to be written about what Jesus did. That's pretty amazing. Finally, Acts chapter 10, verse 38 says this, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good, bestowing benefits, one translation says, and healing all, doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. My friends, that same power, that same anointing now lives in you. In fact, one of my, uh, one, one person came in years ago when I was in my Bible college time of my life and we were coming up at Pastor Benny Inn's church and said, that when you find verses, you make them first person. You make them about you. you. You apply it to your life. So he had to say this, how God anointed Richard Perenchief, how God anointed John Smith, how God anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. God is with you. Let's pray together one more time. God, would you open the eyes of our heart and let that light bulb turn on, unveil your truth and help us to move out, not only in healing, believing for ourselves, but let us be your healing and miracle army, carrying your power to our generation. In Jesus' name, amen. What a wonderful resurrection celebration last week. If you didn't get to see online, 
uh, Wednesday night service, which we have Wednesday night every week at 7.30, Wednesday nights. We had in, in a year, so last year we didn't have children's church from middle of March all the way until the beginning of September. When we did, we just did one service all the way from September until last week, first service. The most kids we had any one week was about 18, 20. This is a, this is a church that has had a lot of kids, dozens or, I mean, we've had up to 150, 200 kids just in the normal part of church life in the past. Normally for Resurrection Sunday, we do a helicopter candy drop and we have, last year was like 900 and something children for Easter Sunday. Well, in a year when we had no children's church and it was coming back slowly, even in March, our numbers for children's church were like eight kids one week, 13 kids another week, nine kids another week. So it's been slow. Last week, we had over 100 children here with their families. And we just want to give God the glory. Listen to this. Because we, we do registrations so we can make sure the kids are safe. 31 first-time children last week. 31 kids that have never been to Now Church were here last Sunday. That's awesome. That's a, that's a new open door. We want to pray for those kids. We want to be in their lives. And the greatest, greatest, greatest news of last week was over 40 people between all three services raised their hand to respond to ask Jesus Christ to be Lord and Savior of their lives. And most of those were brand new people. Would you give God praise today? That's... That's exceedingly abundantly above what we thought we could do coming out of the crisis and coming back into strength. What a great blessing for that. So we just give God all the praise. Look what happens when you get all hands on deck and everybody does their part, does their share. Many had a real encounter with the Lord. It, this wasn't not just a um, raise your hand thing. We, we talked to people after church each service <laughs> A couple of people that I spoke with personally um, just burst into tears, just asking them how they're doing. And they felt God doing something and we prayed with them. So, I mean, it was significant. Thank you all for your work. Thank you for the staff, the volunteers, every department. Children's Church is back in today, so we're hoping kids will come back. Both services, we will have Children's Church today. So that's a great thing today. Thank you to all the children's workers and everybody. We appreciate your blessing. Um, we began talking about the tremendous power of God that flows from Jesus Christ last week in our series called Nothing is Impossible with Jesus. We're not powerless. We're not hopeless because we're not relying on ourselves. We're trusting the living God whose power flows through us one of the weeks last year in COVID, the early part of COVID, we talked about Psalm 91 and made Psalm 91 something that we stood on and still stand on, that when you make the most high your refuge, your fortress, no plague shall come near your dwelling. And the, even if a thousand fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, the promise is it shall not come near you. So I said, look, you can't have faith for everybody else, but you have to have faith for you and your family. You have to trust God to lead you in that. Amen. So he's been faithful, hasn't he? What a great God. We talked about his power. 
We simply showed the veil of separation that Jesus came to destroy, opening up the way into the awesome presence of the Lord. Now, before I get into the message for today, I do kind of want to have, I have a few reflections on turning 60 this week. Um, I want to say this, I almost bought into a trap. Because a few months ago, I heard a podcast, I don't even remember who said it, and they said something about, you know, yeah, you know, after you turn 55 or 60, you know, you can't keep being cool. The young people already know you're old. That's what this person said. And I kind of, and I kind of, I didn't say anything to anybody right away, but I just kind of like, hmm, okay, well. And all of a sudden, God started to deal with me as I was approaching this birthday. Now, I want you to know, we would not tell you my wife's age normally, but everybody here knows that when we first met in high school, when I found out that my birthday was 11 o'clock at night on April 13th, and she was born eight something in the morning on April 14th, and we were only nine hours apart, I used that to my advantage. And I mentioned something about destiny before I knew what destiny was. And yet we are destined. So when we started the church, we were 29. Started a little warehouse down the road for those of you that may be new. And um, so there was a 30th surprise party, 30th birthday surprise party when the church was about 11 months old almost a year old, and, and they surprised us, and we had a little surprise party. And, and I remember 30 was my best, probably one of my best birthdays ever because I had all these promises. Jesus stepped into his ministry anointing at 30. David became king of the United Kingdoms of Judah and Israel at 30. Joseph began to reign in Egypt at 30. So 30 is a promise of promotion and divine favor. The only birthday I've ever had gotten depressed about was 31. True story, because at 31, I didn't have any promises. As I approached this birthday, the Lord began to deal with me and say, no, no, this is just double 30. This is, this is more, this is another, you're, you're rounding another, uh, you're lapping favor and promotion. You're coming into a season of double promotion. And the Lord spoke to me and said, you received what somebody else said, and I didn't say that. And so I, I, I ran right to my wife and I said, look, I want you to know something. I received something that I've been meditating on in my heart and, and it wasn't true. And she was like, what, what was it? You know, and I told her, you know, when the Bible says about that God will renew your youth like the eagles, that's actually not what it says. And I didn't realize this till this week as I began to, pray about, I started to pray the word. I want to show it to you. Psalm 103 verse 5 says, bless the Lord, I'm so not forgetting all his benefits. Verse 5 says, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. In other words, it's about your words about your aging process. It's about your belief, your confession what you receive, believe, and declare is what will affect your aging. The Amplified says, 
so that your youth is renewed like the eagle, strong, overcoming, and soaring. It's powerful. So I want you to know that what the Lord spoke to my heart is, it's just time for me to have an oil change. I got some miles. I'm not going to retire. I'm just going to get new tires. Retread. The bike says me, retread. So I'm just going to, I just want you to know I'm committed to what I believe. Here's what I believe. Okay, I'm going to put it on the screen for you. If you keep growing, you don't ever have to grow old. If you keep growing, if you keep leaning into God, you can age without getting old. And I want you to know that, that we value you regardless of your age. You might be a young person. We value you because you have zeal for, the, for God's house and the Holy Spirit wants to fill you and do great things in you. But I want you to know if you are over a certain age, what you believe about that number. Listen, why do we build in artificial timelines that God didn't say? Moses didn't get started with his calling till he's 80. Didn't finish till he's 120. Let's stop. So my wife said to me the other day, I, I, I forget, I was, I was probably putting on some skinnier jeans or something and walking around. She goes, do you feel cool today? I said, what do you mean? She said, do you feel cool? I said, well, no, I just feel like me. I, yeah, I feel cool. She said, then what's the difference between this week and next week? Because to my wife, authenticity is cool. Whether anybody else can receive that or not, that's the key. So I just want to share that a little bit because when you reach the age of 60, you can say whatever you want. (laughs) That's the way I look at it anyway. Anyway, So anyway, say whatever you want. Anyway, so let's move forward. You know, for many years, uh, Dos Equis had this commercial from 2006 to 2016, the most interesting man in the world. You ever, you remember that? If you don't remember, we'll put his picture on the screen for you. He had all these little sayings, and I, I used to listen to him, because I like it, it was really funny. <clears throat> I want to read you a couple of my funniest ones. He once gave a pep talk so powerful, both teams won. I love that. He once cured narcolepsy simply by walking into a room. His two cents is worth $37 and change. He once had an awkward moment just to see how it feels. If he were to pat you on the back, you would list it on your resume. Both sides of his pillow are cool. When in Rome, they do as he does. The most interesting man in the world. Those are funny but I kind of been meditating on this. You know, Jesus really is the most interesting man in the world. That's why you have to stay thirsty, my friends. Words are inadequate to describe Jesus in all of his attributes, abilities, and accomplishments. His intellect is infinite. Jesus was so riveting, the Bible teachers received revelation knowledge from him as he talked with them about the scriptures. When he was 12, think about that. Water was transformed into the best wine through his spoken word. Fish brought him gold. Children were drawn to him. Both men and women fell at his feet in worship. Storms quieted at his command. He both walked on water and through walls. He opened blind eyes, some with his own spit. Opened deaf ears, 
gave voice to the muted. Lame people walked. Demons became paralyzed. In the space of a three and a half year ministry, he did more that if you wrote every word and detail down, the world could not contain the stories of all that he did. That's in three and a half years. What about today? What about you and me? We have our stories. Jesus is the light of the world. Every time we step into his light, we cast his powerful shadow and lives are changed. Think about it. A shadow is when you step into a bright light and you see your silhouette and yet your silhouette is not the is not the place where the power is generated. It's simply a cutout of what's happening of your reflection in the light. Jesus is that light. And we are his shadow as he is ours. As we pray and believe for the greatest outpouring, the Holy Spirit of revival in history right now, we must remember that we are his hands and feet. And when I say we, I don't mean we as pastors and leaders. I mean we as in us, as in youans, as in y'all. Revival is an empowerment of the whole body. Every part activated, doing its share, what it was created to do. John 14, verse 12, one of one of the things, and I, you know, I don't have time to go into all the details on this, but in 1986, we were mild-mannered, nice Presbyterians who got hungry for God and began to find an insatiable appetite. And the Holy Spirit led us on a journey, first my wife and I individually, and then three weeks later, we came together and found out God was speaking same scriptures to us. One of those scriptures was this. <clears throat> it became a life verse. And this is one that the, my Presbyterian friends didn't have an answer for. So they were very quick to have an answer. Yeah, well, if you say this, then you got to say that. If you say that, you got to say this to kind of refute the power of the Holy Spirit for today. John 14, 12 most assuredly, Jesus said, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now, folks, I don't believe most of us live like that's real. I don't believe most of us actually have an expectation that we can accomplish because of him in us, because of the greater one in us than he that's in the world. I don't think we live in light of that. I don't think we live in light of, if you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. Nothing is impossible with Jesus. Not just for Jesus. That's why we didn't call the, the message series this month Nothing is impossible for Jesus. We could all believe that. Nothing's impossible with Jesus. In fact, it says, it's said conversely in the Gospels as well, 
Everything is possible. And anything is possible with God. The world says it kind of more than we do. Oh, anything's possible. Oh, you can do anything. Well, that's not really true. You can do anything that God wants to do, that it's in his will, it's in his word, that he speaks in unctions to your heart. I just tell you right now, I, can, I would never be able to beat Usain Bolt in a race. But nothing's impossible. Well, unless the spirit of Elijah came on me where I could outrun the chariot like he did, Ahab's chariot, without the anointing. That's why when Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, he didn't say, I can do all things. He said, I can do all things through Christ, the anointed one and his anointing, which strengthens me or empowers me for the task. And so we can't, there's all kinds of possibilities in prayer. There's all kinds of possibilities with our lives, but we got to believe it. There's a great testimony in Acts chapter five when Peter's shadow initiated miracles. Comes right out of the story of Ananias and Sapphira and nobody wanted to mess with Pete. Acts 5.15 from the message says, they even carried the sick out into the streets and laid them on stretchers and bedrolls hoping they would be touched by Peter's shadow when he walked by. They came from the villages. Just down Lady Lake. (laughs) They came to the villages surrounding Jerusalem, throngs of them, bringing the sick and bedeviled, and they were all healed. Say all. all. They were all healed. Why? Because Peter threw some shade. See, only the young people know, know that joke anyway. So you don't even, most of you my age don't even know what that means. How much power, I told you, you don't have to, you don't have to lose your cool when you turn 60. You just have to listen. And you don't say, well, the young people say. You just know. I'll just tell you this. Pastor Lindsay's going to be cool when he's 100. It doesn't matter. He just doesn't. The first day we met him 28 years ago, almost 28 and a half now, he had some swag. And he, he still does. That's exactly right. That's exactly my point. He's still got swag. He's got his own style of clothes, his own way, his own look. And that's where I find out what the young people are saying. I asked Pastor Lindsay for an interpretation. (laughs) Let me ask you a question. How much power was in Peter's shadow? The answer is none. It was the anointing of the Holy Spirit working through the conduit of Peter's shadow. It became a point of contact that the people said, hey, I don't want to mess with that guy. Two people just died when they lied to him. There's power there, but we don't want to touch it. So let's just get our friends and family that are sick, put them in the street, and maybe if his shadow just passes over them, they'll be healed. And they were all healed. They were all healed. Say it with me. They were all healed. Listen, this is, this is greater works. I, I mean, I, I've seen a lot of scriptures. I don't see a story that I can recall in the gospel specifically about Jesus' shadow healing the sick. 
But it happened in the book of Acts to fulfill John chapter 14. We need a point of contact. We need the laying on of hands or we need the point of contact. When God heals, he heals through people. When God speaks today, he speaks through people. When God works in blessing, he blesses through people. It doesn't rain money from heaven. He uses people. Acts chapter 5 uses the Greek word episkiazo, which I don't expect you to memorize, but I want to show you what it means. The word shadow, Peter's shadow, is three times in the New Testament. Shadow means to cast a shade upon, throw shade, to envelop in a haze of brilliancy, glory, or to invest with supernatural influence. That's the one I want to focus on today. To invest with supernatural influence. That she says in some ways it's a counterpart for the Hebrew word rakaf, which means is translated moving or hovering, like in Genesis 1 when it says, now the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the deep. Three times in the New Testament the word is used to describe the overshadowing. The overshadowing. It's used of the Holy Spirit exerting creative energy upon the womb of the Virgin Mary and impregnating it. She says, how am I going to get pregnant with a baby? I'm a virgin. And he says, the Holy Spirit will overshadow you and endow you with supernatural influence, come upon you with the glory of God, throw his shade upon you. It's also used in the transfiguration. When Jesus takes Peter, James, and John up to the high mountain, and as Peter opens his big fat mouth, <clears throat> as usual, and says, oh, this is awesome. It's a good thing you brought us here. We can build shrines to you and Elijah and Moses. And you know what Jesus said? Nothing, because he never answers dumb questions. That's what Brother Summerall used to say. You know who answered the question? God the Father. As a cloud came and overshadowed them. With the brilliancy of God, the Lord Father God spoke out of heaven himself, said, this is my beloved son. Hear him. Listen to him. Shadow. Little steps of obedience often become the catalyst for big miracles. Wherever you go, you carry Jesus. Wherever you go, there's a rippling effect. When you have the courage, many of you had the courage the last couple weeks just to invite somebody to come for Easter. And maybe the person you invited didn't come, but maybe somebody else said they would come. But there is always a rippling effect with you being obedient to do what God has called you to do. You have an invested influence. Why? Because Jesus is the light of the world. But when he said you're the light of the world, he means you are partnering with him in that light to carry the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he's my rock and my refuge. I'm going to close with this. Author and intercessor Quinn Shearer wrote about her writing mentor, the late author and pastor from Melbourne, Florida, Jamie Buckingham. Some of you might have read the life story of Catherine Kuhlman, 
by Jamie Buckingham, <clears throat> great man of God. When I was coming up, we got filled with the Holy Spirit. Jamie Buckingham was um, the editor for Charisma Magazine. I mean, you know, he was right here in Florida. She wrote this, you never know how far your influence goes. She writes about a research trip to Israel for a new book that Jamie Buckingham was doing years ago. When Jamie Buckingham had reached the summit of Mount Sinai, he was in the Holy Land doing this, this research project. He was at almost 7,500 feet above sea level. He saw a group and he walked over to a white man who was standing around with about a dozen Aborigines and inquired about them. The man said he was a missionary accompanying these men. The first Aboriginal tribe from Papua New Guinea who had ever come to Israel. They came to see where Jesus walked and to Mount Sinai where Moses received the Ten Commandments. These Aborigines wanted to discover if the places mentioned in the Bible were real or not and would take the report back to their tribes in New Guinea. They'd worked to earn the money to come and had elected these representatives to make the trip and it was a big deal. Through this missionary's ministry in New Guinea, there were now about seven or 800 Aborigines in this tribal area who now knew Jesus Christ as Lord. They're experiencing God and sent the group to the Holy Land. He told Jamie in their brief conversation that he'd been in a motorcycle gang in Australia when he read a book by an American author received the Lord, and was eventually led to go as a missionary to Papua New Guinea. And as they conversed, the young Australian said, you wouldn't know an author by the name of J Jamie Buckingham, would you? He asked. The author said, you aren't going to believe what I'm about to tell you. I am Jamie Buckingham. Standing with, now picture this. He's standing with an Australian missionary with a group of Aborigines from a tribe in Papua New Guinea, the pastor from Florida, and they're standing on Mount Sinai having a conversation and discovering that this, that his book is what led this motorcycle gang member to Jesus. Think about that. There was much rejoicing and handshaking. The missionary took Jamie over and introduced him to all the people he'd won to the Lord. The 83-year-old chief of the tribe who had tattoos all across his cheeks looked up into Jamie's face with tears in his eyes and said, thank you for casting your shadow over us. <sighs> Jamie continued his story. I realized I had sat in my office in Florida with my Bible open. In solitude, I wrote words. Someone gifted in editing worked on it Pass it to another who printed it. Then someone else gifted in distribution got it. And the shadow went up across the world, ending up in New Guinea. Notice it took people with various talents to get the book into the hands of a gang member in Australia who then became a missionary for Christ. Quinn Shearer continues, Jamie challenged us in the time that I heard him tell the story, saying, I wonder if so much that we think is insignificant may not be the most important things we ever do in God's eyes. The kingdom of God is carried on the shoulders of people who occupy their shadow ministry. Jamie Buckingham's takeaway in ours today, 
You look back across your life and you'll remember numbers of people who let their shadow fall on you. Because of that, you are who you are today. I want to encourage you. Your shadow, perhaps unbeknownst to you, is falling on a number of other people. God is healing and God is blessing because your face is toward the sun, Jesus, in his light. Ordinary people doing extraordinary things through God and for God. Let's pray. Father, we never know who's watching. Lord, we never know who's listening. We never know who's connecting with us online, who might just have happened by something that was said or something that was done or a song that Pastor Lindsay and the team sang. But we know that when we are in the light of your glory, that you are investing in our shadow of influence. Let it be said that we did good and brought healing wherever we went. Holy Spirit, would you empower every person hearing the sound of my voice today in their ministry, in their calling, in their destiny, in the lives, in the shadow ministry that will be seen this week, whether it's openly or just something privately. Holy Spirit, we're desperate for you to move. Desperate for you to move in this place. If you don't know Jesus as Lord of your life, you'll never know. No matter how many talents you explore, no matter how many gifts you use, if you never plug your gifts into the giver of gifts, if you never put your strength and partner it with the creator to find out why he gifted you this way, why he created you for his purpose, You'll never find the full potential of the blessing and you may never find out all the good that you were supposed to accomplish. But when you trust in him and you take that next step of obedience, whether a big step or a small step, whether a leap of faith, when you take that step to obey him, there will be a ripple effect. Your shadow is meant to heal. If you don't know Jesus, this is the moment to say, yes, I want Jesus to be Lord of my life. I surrender to his purpose. I surrender to God. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I cry out, yes. I am sold out to follow you wherever you want to go. Prayer is not some big formal ritual. Prayer is 
the outcry of your heart to get into the light of God, to be filled with his glory. Holy Spirit, would you fill people today? Would you go after them like you came after me and my wife 35 years ago when we were stuck in religious tradition made us hunger for your shadow to be under the shadow of your wings to dwell in your secret place in Jesus name Amen Thanks for joining us at Now Church For the latest updates visit us at nowchurch.com including live or on demand video online giving and much more And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you.